Okay. Well, tonight, I've uh, been thinking many times, and Cindy, you asked our pastor, your Uncle Dom, many years ago, 40 years, 35, 40 years ago, I'm not sure how long ago it was, but I've never forgotten it. And uh, he said, is God a personal God? And uh, I didn't hear her ask a question, but the reason I say this, he taught a lesson. After she asked a question, he taught a lesson on that. And if she hadn't asked that question, I'd missed all these blessings over the years because I'm still blessed over the lesson what he taught is God a personal God. And you say, why do you ask a question like that? Well, you think of the God of Israel. It doesn't seem so personal. And then, uh, and even I, uh, I guess I'm guilty as well, we talk about the elect of God and, and, and the church, and we talk about group and things like that. And uh, so we kind of maybe overlook, yeah, it's a personal God, a personal Lord that we have, and we should look at it that way. We should look at it that way. Uh, there's a song that Mort sang, and uh, I want to play it for us tonight. And whenever we listen to the words, used to, I had memorized, actually. Uh, but when we listen to the words, I want you to, to think of a personal God. Not, yeah, I mean... Don't think of it as, as the big group. Yeah, there is a, a group, but think of it as you, a, a personal God. And the song was, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. And you could say when he was on the cross, we was on his mind, and that's, that's true. But I want you to think of it as, as we look at this. And, and we're not going to look at any new scriptures tonight. But as we view these scriptures, I want you to look at it as you. Yeah, okay, there's other people, there's group, but I want you to look at it as you. Yes, it's, it's personal. Whenever I first heard that song, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind, it, it brought tears to my eyes, and it doesn't take too much to do that sometimes. So my mom had never heard it, and this is when she was the last, her, her days on earth was about through, and uh, she wasn't hearing real well and would take her uh, CDs or music or, or, or uh, messages to listen to. You know, she'd have to have it up pretty loud, and she was in the nursing home. So I got her one of these pillow speakers where she could turn it up loud enough she could hear it there, but nobody else it didn't uh, disturb anybody else. And I put that song on. I don't think I've ever seen my mom cry that much. My mom was strong, and... Uh, she didn't cry very much. But when that song began to play, <laughs> the tears was rolling. So uh, as we look at this song and listen to this song, it brings us great joy because, you know, he paid our sin on the cross and we'll spend eternity with him because he paid our sin on the cross. It brings us a certain amount of sadness because he didn't have his sin of his own. He died for our sins. And I, that's how I feel as we take the Lord's Supper. I feel great joy because we do this in remembrance of his death. But then I feel sadness that, 
and he really suffered. He suffered and died uh, on behalf of us. So uh, I, I want to play this song, and the reason I'm playing in that, I would like to get on this recording because maybe some have not heard it. So if I can get the right button pushed over here, uh, we'll hear it. And listen to the words and realize that it's personal. It, it's, it's personal. When he was on the cross... That's wrong one, okay.
To those that uh, listening by the recorded message may not know, that was uh, Brother Mort Willis, a uh, long member of this church. And uh, that is on one of the CDs. And uh, uh, if you have that one, I suggest you get it out and play it a little more often because what a blessing it is. When he was on the cross, I, you, was on his mind. talks about and and even part of it makes me think from his point of view when he was on the cross his eyes out on the crowd and you, you think of that I don't know exactly what the weather was that the wind was blowing or what but all all the people out there some of his disciples some of his family and a lot of them that hated him mocking him so when he was on the cross you know his, his eyes on the crowd but the song says, he looked ahead in time, and I was on his mind. <laughs> so many things, and, and of course, if you had the lyrics, you know, he says, I'm nothing on my own, I make mistakes, just common flesh and bones. And it says, I'm not on ego trip, but I'm of a special kind. When he was on the cross, you was on his mind. So he knew me, yet he loved me. So when he was on the cross, you was on his mind. And uh, Cindy, that's a that's a personal Lord. That's a personal relationship. And I'd like to show by the scriptures that indeed his elect, when he was on the cross, they was on his mind. And uh, again, no new scriptures. But as we look at these scriptures that we know so well, I want us to look at I want us to personalize them. Look, it's you. It's me. So... Not only was we on his mind when he's on the cross, but also on his mind shortly before he went to the cross. And we've studied that, but I, I want to look at that again tonight. Before he went to the cross, we was on his mind. And we can go farther. And we was on his mind before the foundation of the world. And I say we, let me say you. You was on his mind before the foundation of the world. And buddy, you, you mentioned it, and thank you, brother. The joy is set before him. He endured the cross. And uh, I've said before, and I think I had that to read, but uh, for the joy is set before him, he endured the cross. And brothers, sisters, you was that joy. You were set before him. And I don't think it's like, well, we had the Daytona 500, uh, what, last Sunday or something like that, and you see all these hundreds of thousands of peoples. And, and, but it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I don't think that's what he saw. I think he saw you and you and saw you as an individual and considered you joy. 
And that's why he went to that cross. And when he was on the cross, you was on his mind. That's why he went. And again, you was on his mind even before the foundation of the world. But something else that maybe we don't personalize or think of this way sometimes. But you were also on the mind of God. When Jesus was on the cross, you was on the mind of Jesus, and you was on the mind of God. Again, I want to be personalized, because that's, that's the way that it is. So we were actually on the mind of God when Jesus was hanging on the cross. And I want to go in Isaiah chapter 53, and I know we go to it a lot, and... Uh, I know Brother Austin went to it a lot, and he'd say yeah, the, gospel of I, the, the gospel of Isaiah, or the gospel of the Old Testament, I forget which it was now, we, know where to, we would know where to go. Isaiah 53. But I want us to see that, that we were on God's mind. That, I don't want to try to use we. You were on God's mind when Jesus was on the cross. Isaiah 53 and 10 Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. That was it pleased God. And I've, that word bruise I've mentioned before, it's not sometimes we think, oh, just a bruise, but this was crushed, smite. It's a very strong word. Yet it pleased the Lord to crush, to crucify him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin... He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. So it's talking about Jesus Christ and it pleased the Father to bruise him. That's that's, uh, that's probably more than, than we, can, uh, we can understand as we look through this glass darkly, isn't it? It pleased the Father to bruise him, to smite, to crush, to, to crucify him. Why? Why would it please him to put his only begotten son on the cross and all the suffering that he was going to take? And, and let me mention this too. Uh, other people, many people died on the cross. Many people suffered on the cross. But nobody suffered the way he suffered. They paid for their, their own. He paid, and let me just, I'm getting ahead of myself again, but I'll say it anyway. He paid for every sin of every one of God's elect throughout all the ages. Put that in your calculator and calculate that. But he paid for all that. So that's the suffering he went through on the cross. And it pleased the Father to do that. Well, you know, why? Because he saw the results that was paid on the cross. I've talked about before you go 
take money and you, you buy something. I don't like just give money away, but for something you want, then you, you give them the money because you, the value is there and that's, and that's what you want. Well, that's what, that's, that's what this was. He, he gave the life of his only begotten son and the suffering because he thought the price was worthy. And that price is, or that, that uh, not, not the price, but the worthy is you. And you. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. So, it goes on there, and uh, it says, uh, so I, I said that not only were we on Jesus' mind, not only you were on Jesus' mind, but you were on God's mind as well at the same time. You were on God's mind at the same time when he saw Jesus on the cross, when he put him on the cross, when he saw the suffering. You was on his mind. When Jesus prayed in the garden, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. And that cup was your my sins. If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine. So, the father saw that in the son, but it pleased, it pleased him. And it says here, say, well, why did it please him? Again, because of the price that it purchased, or because the purchase price for what it purchased. That's why it pleased him. And it said, he shall see his seed. Well, did he have children? Is there something we miss in the scriptures? Did he have children that, that uh, had an inheritance to everything? Let's, let's phrase it this way to answer that question. Did he give life to any? He talked about his seed, and, and, it, and it said... Um, You know, he, he saw his, his seed, said, uh, he shall see his seed. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. So this seed would be uh, those that he would give life to that would have an inheritance, that would pass his inheritance to. So did he have any children? What's it talking about? Uh, he shall see his, his seed. Well, not, not uh, it's very familiar, but... Gospel John chapter 17. To see, did he give life to any? And we may come back to this later, but John 17 and 2. The son praying to the father. As thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give, not offer, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. So yes, he saw his seed. He saw the ones that he was giving eternal life to. He saw you that he's giving eternal life to. And he saw that seed, and it pleased him to bruise the son for you. So this seed is his elect. And 
Yeah, it may be a, a, a large number, but I want you to see his seed as you. You're one of them. You're one of them. That the, it pleased the Father because he saw what it purchased. We know he's on the, the, uh, the mind of, of Jesus on the cross. When he's on the cross, I was on his mind. He was on the mind of the Father too. When he saw the seed, when he saw you, the ones he's giving eternal life and, and an inheritance. So God the Father saw you when Jesus Christ was on the cross. And again, Jesus Christ was on the cross Looking out, he saw the crowd. They looked ahead in time, and he was on his mind. So we know that we were on God's mind while Jesus was on the cross. But uh, again, yeah, we were on Jesus' mind, as a, certainly as the song, the main uh, theme of the song uh, uh, tells us. But I want to read some more in this John chapter 17 which is the true Lord's Prayer. And this is a prayer that Jesus prayed just before they took him. And this will show what was on his mind when he was on the cross. Just before they took him, this is the prayer to the Father. This is what, this is what was dear to him. And again, it's not new, but I want you to see it as personal. I want you to see it as personal. John 17 and 1. We're going to see what was on his mind. These words spoke Jesus, lift up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. As I think of that, what hour is he talking about? This hour of the cross that was part of the plan of salvation from eternity past. A lot of years have gone by, but finally now, the hour's come. It's here. The hour's come. Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son, that thy son may also glorify thee. So the hour of the cross has come. This is, he's praying to the Father. And we're going to see you are in this prayer. And I want you to see it that you are in this prayer. I'll read verse 2 again. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Everyone that the Father gave Jesus Christ, he will give them eternal life. By giving him that eternal life, and that becomes his seed. Those that will have an inheritance, an heirship. Ask a foolish question to make a point. Will he lose any? Will Jesus Christ lose any? As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Everyone the Father gave him, he'll give me eternal life. And I know people want to point out like, well, he offers it. It's up to you to accept. That's not what it says. It says he gave. He, he, he uh, uh, said he should give eternal life to everyone, that, uh, as many as thou hast given him. So every one of them. And then uh, jump down to verse 6. 
Again, I want you to see this as, as you. This is shortly before the Lord is going to be taken and, and put on the cross. This is what was on his mind. Verse 6, still praying to the Father. I have manifested thy name unto the men whom thou hast given me out of the world. Thine they were, thou gavest them to me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known all things. Whatever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, have known surely that I came out of thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. And again, we, we see the, the, the theys and the men and so forth like that, but I want you to see it as you. I have given David. I have given Cindy. I have given them the words which thou hast given me. And they've received them. I want you to see it as personal. Because it is. We're not just random whatever. Each one he chose. And I have known surely that, or have known surely that I came out uh, from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. And certainly uh, tonight you believe that God sent Jesus Christ, put him on that cross. And when he was on the cross, you was on his mind. Verse uh, 9, I pray for them. And again, take it, put your name there. I pray for you. I pray not for the world, but I pray for them whom thou hast given me, for they are thine. So here, I, I, I pray for them. I pray for you. Not just a random bunch of people. You, as a chosen elect by God, given to Jesus. He says, I pray for you. This is, this is what was on his mind shortly before he went to the cross. I pray for you. Verse 14, still praying to the Father for you as an individual. Verse 14, I have given them thy word. If he didn't give it to you, would you have it? Y'all, you could have this book of paper and ink, but you wouldn't have his word if he didn't give it to you. So we don't, wouldn't boast on how much we study and so forth, which I, I think we all should study and pray that we would have more time to study and so forth. But it's because he, and that's the way he tends to give it. He calls us to study, calls us to assemble, calls us to fellowship, and we grow. But he says, I have given them thy word and, and, pick, and put your name in there. And the world hath hated them. We've been talking about out here. I haven't heard too much recently, but somebody was telling somebody where they went to church. Says, "Oh, they said, don't they handle snakes and everything out there? You know, <laughs> they don't know what it is. They know there's something different. Well, there is something different. He has given us His word. And we're not the only true church. I, I, 
I, I, I want to say that. I've never don't mean to imply that. We're not the only true church. But we are, as that song said, of a special kind. I've given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but thou shouldst keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them. Or sanctify you, sanctify Rhonda, sanctify Bill. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So, very personal. Down verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also who shall believe on me, through their word. So he certainly was praying for his uh, at that time, but also you are in this just as much. Neither I pray for these alone, but for them also who shall believe on me through their word. Well, who's going to believe? Acts 13, 48, all that was ordained to eternal life believed. And he's praying for those. I said, not for these alone, but for them also who shall believe on me through their word. 20, again, this is what was on his mind before he went to the cross. Yes, we was on his mind while he was on his cross, I have no doubt. But this is before he went to the cross, shortly before he went to the cross. You was on his mind. Uh, 21. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in, me, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Boy, has loved them, has loved you, as he has loved me. 24. Father. And again, he's praying to the Father. He's praying for you. Personal. Father, I will. That they also whom thou hast given me. Be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. So he's praying that you will be with him where he is. Do you think that prayer is answered? Do you think it can fail? No way. Be with me where I am. Makes me think of my mom again and that song. The doctors, she, she was at the point where she had to have uh, a couple transfusions. And uh, she'd get really, really down and have transfusion and it was, she'd perk up again. 
I remember the day the doctors came to her and uh, said, well, it's time for another transfusion. And she said, no, I, you know, I don't want any more. And so the doctor's uh, position was to let her know what's going to happen. In other words, you're, you're not, you're not going to live if you don't have his transfusion. And he says, do you have any questions? <laughs> I don't know if I can do this or not. And my mom looked at him. Big... <laughs> Grin on her face. She says, if you're asking if I'm afraid to die, I'll be with my Lord then. <laughs> so she knew what he, what he said here. He prayed, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. So she knew that. Sorry. So we were on the mind of God the Father and the Son Jesus when he was on the cross. Yeah, it was on Jesus' mind, on God's mind too, because he saw the seed as he uh, had his son bruised, crucified, and so forth. So we was on their minds then. But as I mentioned before, was on his mind before the foundation of the world. This is part of the truth that he's given us that the world hates, by the way. Ephesians chapter 1. I want to go there. So this is part of the truth that the world hates. And, and I've told you many times, and I'll, while I'm turning there, I'll tell you again. On television, uh, I don't know what denomination is supposed to be or anything like that. But they uh, was commenting something about the book of Ephesians. And they said, if those Baptists didn't have Ephesians... They wouldn't have anything. Hated. I mean, Rhonda, but we have the book of Ephesians. And not only that, the same thing holds through through the rest of the scriptures. So it's the word you're hated to tell people before the foundation of the world, to tell people about predestination, it's hated. So to, to show this in this hated book, of Ephesians, chapter 1. I think everybody knew where to go when I said Ephesians. But, uh, well, we, we look at the rest of it as well. But, and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. won't go into that, but uh, uh, blessing there as well. And verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be whole without blame before him in love. And I want you to read that according as he has chosen me in him before the foundation of the world. In other words, that, that uh, God chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world. 
So you was on his mind when he was on the cross. You was on the mind of God when he saw Jesus on the cross and he saw his seed. And you was on his mind before the foundation of the world. You, me, And in verse 5, having predestinated and all that is hated, there was a church building uh, probably 10, 15 miles from here, and I'd heard a rumor that if you use the word predestination anywhere on the church building premises, you was automatically excluded. And I'd heard that for years. And Helen, I think I've told you before, uh, used to, uh, every year, go to the Bible conference in Florida, and I'd stop and visit Dan and Marie. Best fellowship I had with them. They were just blessing. Anyway, I was asking Dan about that. I said, I'd heard about this, I won't mention the name, that if you use the word predestination anywhere in the premises, you was automatically excluded. I said, is that true? You hear that? He says, I was there. And yes, that's true. Hated. Having predestinated us, or having predestinated you, and to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Free will kind of left out of there, isn't it? Free will of God, but the free will of man is left out of there. So, even before the foundation of the world, you was on his mind. Again, it's too high for me. I, I can't attain to that right now. I, yes, I believe it, but boy, I, I, can't, I can't take all that in. Uh, and I'll, again, I'll mention what Buddy mentioned that, that uh, Jesus, for the joy that set before him, endured the cross. So I look at this as we go back before the foundation of the world and the covenant between the Father and the Son. And I, I, I had to picture some way. So all God's elect set before Jesus Christ. And I don't think he looked at him as one multitude of people. I think he looked at each one of you, each one of you, and considered you joy. And it says, for the joy that set before him, he endured the cross. And again, him enduring the cross was much more than the other people that endured the cross. To try to realize the suffering that he suffered. Uh, I already mentioned it, but uh, it says every sin, every transgression will receive a just recompense of reward. And that's, that's not the kind of reward we... Uh, maybe when I was a, a kid, uh, say, better straighten up or you're going to get it when you get home. And it didn't have to threaten me very much. I knew, <laughs> and they never forgot. But you're going to get it. 
you're going to get a reward. Well, not the reward that I wanted. It, it wasn't a bottle of pop or uh, anything like that. You're going to get it. Well, every sin, every transgression is going to receive a just recompense of reward. Who is going to pay it? Jesus Christ paid it for you. But he considered you joy. Again, can't hardly take that in. That song, part of it said, He knew me, yet he loved me. So, that's why as we listen to the song, as we take the Lord's Supper, we have both tears of joy and tears of sadness. When we think of him on the cross, and you on his mind. Well, that was a long time ago. You think he forgot us? Isaiah 49, you know this, but I'm going to, I think I'm going to go read it real quick. Uh, Isaiah 49. Do you, you really think he forgot us? It's been a long time ago. Has anything changed? Isaiah 49 and, and 15. Can a woman forget her nursing child? That she would have compassion on the son of her womb? Yes, they may forget. Yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have engraved thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. So what did he say? He went to the cross, the nails through his hands. You have been engraved on the palm of his hands. I can't forget you. Been a long time, 2,000 years ago over. He can't forget you. Of course, no chance that he could or, or would, of course. But uh, behold, I've engraved thee upon the palm of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. And that walls is, won't go into that, is protection. A walled city was a, a protected city. Thy walls Thy protection is continually before me. So your protection is continually before him. Uh, see, we're about out of time. It says in John 13, it says, he states that he loved them to the end. That's what it says. And then another scripture that I love so much, and, and Bill, maybe we can sing this sometime. He's able to save them to the uttermost. And, and I, I, I love that word, uttermost. The first time that I really studied to see what it means, I love them to the uttermost. It means, or I, I save them, able to save them to the uttermost. It means no other means possible. I, I use the example about this building. Um, and Dewey's been here before, and I said, well, okay, uh, how uh, fire retardant or proof is this building? Can we, so we've got a couple pull alarms here that we could run pull if we saw fire. Doesn't do anything but ring that bell back here if the batteries work and everything like that. So we have that much protection. We have a fire extinguisher back there, and we're looking at it, and it needs recharged. <laughs> Guess I shouldn't laugh about that, but anyway. So we have that much protection. Is there anything else we could do? Well, we could put in a sprinkler system. 
this wood and this carpet and everything, I believe that this was all supposed to be treated, that it was fire retardant uh, whenever it was built. But we could take the wood out. We could build all out of brick and steel and, and, and nothing in it that would burn. But when we'd done absolutely everything we could, we'd say it's a safe to the uttermost. There's nothing else you can do. Well, that's what he says. Wherefore, he is able to save them. He is able to save you to the uttermost. You can't be any safer. And I remember Brother Austin standing behind his pulpit out in the old building. He said, I'm as sure as being in heaven whenever I die as if I was already there. He believed that. I believe that. So Austin and many others are with the Lord. But they're not any more saved than we are. Well, you don't know what's going to, you don't know what's going to happen. No, I don't know what's going to happen. But I know he's able to save to the uttermost. No other means possible, not any safer there than you are here. Uh, gosh, we're out of time. I was going to go to Romans. Who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Shall God justify us? Shall Christ that died on the cross for you? Able to save to the uttermost. So when he was on the cross, he was on his mind. My mom knew this. Whenever she told that doctor a smile on her face, I'll be with my Lord then. So it's the, it's the psalm. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. But I want us to be able to believe it and back it up by scriptures. When he was on the cross, you was on his mind. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed.